This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Idea to Life podcast. This is the podcast for you if you're getting started selling products or if you'd like to create your own product to sell. I'm Vicky Weinberg, a product creation coach and Amazon expert. Every week I share friendly, practical advice as well as inspirational stories from small businesses. Let's get started. Today I'm speaking with Tiffany from Julie Lingerie. Julie May Lingerie is the only underwear brand tested by dermatologists and certified by Allergy Free UK to be friendly for people with sensitive skin. Everything is made with certified organic pinoa cotton. I had a great conversation with Tiffany. As you can imagine, at the outset, I knew absolutely nothing about creating a lingerie brand. Um, I know a lot more now. It was really interesting hearing what motivated Tiffany to start her business in the first place, all the steps that she has to go through to create her lingerie. Um, She spoke about the way she chose to launch her brand, which I found really interesting, and all the success and the awards and things that have come since. Um, And it is such a new business as well. So I found the whole story really fascinating. And I would love now to introduce you to Tiffany. So hi, Tiffany. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Vicky. Uh, it's lovely to be here. Uh, I'm Tiffany. Let me introduce a bit about myself and my business. So my business is called Julie May Laundry. Uh, as nowadays, people are getting more cautious of the material they're wearing against their skin. And our underwear is the UK's only allergy-friendly underwear brands that make of certified organic pima cotton and is anti-allergy. And it helps people uh, with uh, skin issues, sensitive skins, or we have many customers that are allergic to material like latex, synthetic fibers, and elastin. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, thank you for explaining. And um, so just allergy-free, is that all about the material you, you use then? So are there certain, so you've just, I guess you, you mentioned um, like latex earlier, so are there certain materials that are classified as allergy-free? Is that how it works? Yes, yes, mainly because of the uh, material that triggers the allergies. Uh, we We see like the most common allergies are uh, like latex synthetics or nickels. Many people are allergic to uh, the nickels of the underwear of the bras or like the metal um, fastening or like harsh chemicals in uh, polyesters. And we also have customer not like um, really have skin allergy, but just general sensitive skins, for example, due to menopause 
or after their post-surgery or uh, sorry, after their breast surgeries and they need something really soft and smooth that can touch the skin. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you for explaining. And what inspired you to start creating your bras? Um, yeah, well, I started the brand a few years ago because when my mom gave birth to my little sisters and she developed rashes on her on her breast, and I started to look uh, on the market and realized that there's no uh, there's no relief for her situations. So I started to look into the market. I realized there's a huge gap in the market, and then I do some research in the materials, and that's how I started it. Amazing. And I'm I'm really surprised. And were you surprised to find that there was nothing on the market already at that time? Uh yes. I I guess it's because when people have certain type of like skin conditions, or we've seen um customer who have uh rashes between uh their breasts due to like because they have a bigger, bigger breast or they tend to have sweat underneath their boots or between them and they don't realize that it's caused by uh, the clothing that they're wearing or they didn't realize that they can do something about it by changing their underwear so I guess that's why but uh, since we started the brand many many people are getting more uh, educated about uh the material that used in underwear can cause certain type of allergic uh, conditions. So they start to find a solution from us. That makes total sense because I've seen a lot of information out there, you know, like if your bra is maybe uncomfortable, I've seen information in the past about things like, um, uh, you know, change your washing powder, maybe your washing powder is irritating, but there hasn't been a lot of information that I've seen about the actual fabric. But of course that makes sense that rather than looking maybe changing your washing powder or whatever thinking about the fabric you're putting next to your skin does make so much sense doesn't it (laughs) yes it is we went to an allergy free show in london a few months ago and when people walk by and see us saw our stand and they were like oh i've never heard such thing as like allergy friend underwear before and they find kind of weird why you're here but once we kind of explain the concept to them they feel like oh that makes like uh, that actually makes sense why I haven't thought of that before so yeah yeah it really does um and so when your mum started wearing your underwear did she see an improvement in her condition yes of course um because um all our products have been uh, tested by dermatologists and certified by allergy for UK and we do see uh not only improvement in my mom's condition, but many of our customers' condition. So now, not only my mom, myself, and even my little sister are wearing my underwear, uh, like uh, underwear brand. So yeah, that's amazing. And I'm just so impressed that your mom had this issue, and you just went and created something. I'm just blown away by that that you were able. She must have been so um, so grateful that you that you did because it must be a huge undertaking. I've got so many questions about how you actually develop an underwear range um so can you take us back to say you know you decided that you would like to look into this there was nothing on the market what did you do next what was the first step in actually creating your range of products uh the first step that I did was build a minimal viable product so 
I just have one simple collection or like one simple set. And then I start selling online. I don't get much sales uh, uh, back in that time, but every sales uh, means a lot to me. And I talk to customers and listen carefully to what they want. And I kind of like uh, spend all my time researching the best fabric combinations based on their feedback and source the material that will not trigger any irritation to the skin. So I kind of involving my collections based on what customer told me. Okay, that makes sense. So what, what material was your, so your, was your first product? Was it simply one bra that you created in a range of sizes? Yeah, it's just it was just one set. Yeah. One set. And what fabric did you use for that initial set? I'm just being curious. I I use uh cotton. And then after I talked to a customer, they told me uh which part they feel is irritating the skin. For example, one customer told me that they feel the bra they're wearing is really hot and make them sweat. So I kind of think, oh, maybe I could put silk in the inner layers to cool down the skin, especially when I have um I have customer that have eczema and sweating really make the condition worse. So I kind of uh, try different materials. I also have customer told me that they find issues with the straps that sticking in and rubbing it against the skin. So I changed the uh, sewing technique of the straps to make the straps comfortable. So that's how I um, develop my collection. Like um, I improve it every time when I hear from my customer. That's amazing. And out of interest, do you have any experience in fashion or textiles or anything like that? Not really. I I was in the law background. So uh, funny enough, I don't have any experience in design or in fashion or textile. But once I decided to start the brand, I took a design course um, from the UAL. So kind of like educate myself more about like bra designing. So, yeah. That's really impressive because I think a lot of people are put off by doing something because they say, oh, I don't have experience. So I think it's fantastic that you just said, okay, I don't have the experience, but I can learn. Um, Did you work with bra designers to come up with the designs or was that something you were able to do yourself? Uh, When I first started the business, because I only have one set, so I just uh, did it myself. But now I have a bigger collection and I have new collection launching every year and I started to work with professional uh, laundry designer now. Oh, that's brilliant. And how about the production side? So uh, initially, did you just have to, I say just, because I know you're finding a supply is not an easy thing, but was it a case of finding um, a factory that could make what you wanted in the, fa- in the fabric that you were looking at? Uh, yeah, because... Not only I want my collections to be um, allergy-friendly and suitable for sensitive skins, I also want my collection to be ethically made. So I have to find um, a factory that can uh, produce my bras um, like ethically. So it, it is difficult, but once you have find uh, the factory and build that relationship, yeah 
I guess is yeah or 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 you can actually go to a lot of um associations online that can help you to connect with a supplier and help yeah. you to yeah produce your collection so yeah I think you're right finding a supplier isn't necessarily that straightforward but it is worth it isn't it to find someone that you're happy with and you enjoy working with because you yeah. don't want to be doing the same process again and again um it's good to just build up a relationship that it works long term mm-hmm. yeah and I guess then they get to know you more know what you're looking for and they're able to support you yeah it's all about like the communications that you have between you you designer and the suppliers when you get that communications and get the relationship established I think everything can go smoothly and how about um sorry to ask you so many questions but I've never spoken to anyone <laughs> with a lingerie brand before so I do have questions I hope you don't mind so one thing I was going to ask about is sizing so for lingerie is there like standard sizes so you would say to the factory make this size this size this size and and the factory knows like there's a universal standard the reason I ask this is because I've spoken to clothing brands before who've said for clothing so say t-shirt it can be quite hard because as we know different stores work to different measurements and it's not really standard but for for lingerie it's everything to do you see what I mean is a universal accepted this is the size I well (laughs) I think you've touched a really, really difficult questions in the laundry industry because bra sizing is not always easy. Yeah, especially when we sell online, sometimes it could be really difficult to find the right size. And I don't think that such things called like standard sizing because different bra shapes fit differently. And especially with the material that we use are so different. The stretch, the uh, flexibilities are different. So it it really it really depends. I don't think there's such things called like sense sizing. Even that you, for example, if you buy a forty six D from Mark and Spencer, and you will find yourself end up with a completely different size in a different brand. Wow, that's real. That's the real challenge. How did how did you um, overcome that? What was your approach? Well, just to provide as much information as possible online to help our customer to find the right size. Uh, give really really detailed size guide and size chart, and help our customer to um, take measure themselves before purchase. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think you're right that I think customers are used now to, but when they buy from a different brand or maybe a brand they haven't bought from before, whether it's underwear or clothing, you do sort of know that the size may not be what you're used to, because as you say, they just aren't standard. I wasn't sure for underwear. I knew for clothes there weren't, I wasn't sure for bras. Um, But I think most consumers know, don't they, that they need to um, take measurements and make sure they're getting the correct correct size and fit. And one thing that's very important when you do a laundry business is to ensure that you have a good return and exchange process because people tend have to like try a few times in order to get the perfect fit. That's really useful. So do you find that customers will um, maybe order a range of sizes from you and then return the ones that aren't right? Yeah, sometimes they do, yeah. 
Yeah, that's really that's a really good point about the exchange and refund process that um, I wouldn't have thought of. So that's fantastic. Um, and so you mentioned that your range has expanded due to feedback from your customers. Mm-hmm. So talk us through the last couple of years. So you started off with just um, the one initial set and um, talk us through what's happened since and how your range looks now. I know that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, um, well, I think the brands, uh, the brand is growing very quickly and has made a lot of achievement in the past few years when we have expanded our collections and go to the market. Uh, the brand's been featured in Guardian, Evening Standard, and we won the London Prestige Award, the best laundry store of the year. We have also been selected as one of the 100 most inspiring small firms. And we have awarded the, the new promising, uh, sorry, the most promising business of the year by the Kent uh, Chamber of Commerce. So the brands have made a lot of achievement and progress so far. That's amazing. And how have the, the, you mentioned some of these awards that you've won, which is fantastic, by the way, congratulations. I think that's a massive achievement because you're still quite a young business. How have um, the awards you've won and the recognition you've had, has that impacted your business at all? Yes, of course. Um, Well, I'm very honoured that uh, my effort and my team and the business has been recognised by this award. And this award can um, help my brand to get the exposure. And um, and one thing is when you fill out the application for all this award, you kind of have a better understanding of what where you are now and where you want to go next. So it's overall it's a very wonderful um, experience. Uh, in applying awards and also very exciting to win those awards that makes sense um I guess I guess while you're filling out the application you have to think a lot about what your brand is and the message you want to share um so I guess you really hone that message while you're doing that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and um how do you choose I mean uh, if maybe if you've got any advice around this sort of choosing which awards to enter because of course as we all know there are so many awards quite often I get something in my inbox or I see on social media um how did you go about deciding which ones you were going to enter because presumably you could spend a lot of time filling out forms um (laughs) so was there any strategy behind the ones you went for uh I guess to find I guess you can start searching from local awards yeah, for example, we have won the uh, SFB Award in the Southeast England and also like the um, award uh, from the Kent Invicted Chamber of Commerce because we're based in Kent. So maybe we can start um, locally and start to search local awards because local awards can help you to connect with other like local business owners and they kind of build a community around all the award winners and then you can start going for national awards for example i'm one of the winners of the young innovator award this year this is a government funded award um um, organized by the innovate uk and uh going nationally 
could mean like um, more recognitions, more resources, and more opportunities. But also, of course, it's harder and more difficult. So my advice is to uh, start searching for local and start locally. That makes so much sense. And I guess then you can make sure that your messaging is correct, how you position your brand. And I guess once you've had some success with the local awards, then you can, as you say, think about applying for the national ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it also gives you a bit of confidence as well if you've won a few awards, because I think it must be very intimidating to, um, and well, I'm speaking for myself, maybe you don't find it intimidating, <laughs> but I feel it, might, it could possibly be quite intimidating to go put yourself up for a big national award as a very young brand. Yeah, but try to think of another way, like another perspective, not thinking um it as a competition but thinking it as an opportunity to for example to uh, outline a business plan so um, change kind of like make you feel less stressful about feeling it um, feeling in um, competitions or feeling in the applications because you you just don't think it as a competition just think it as like a exercise to build your business strategy and don't don't be too stressful about like winning it or not that makes a lot of sense thank you I really like that advice Mm -hmm. um yeah that's that's really good because you're right that it can't all be about the you know we're not all going to win everything Um, yeah So that's really useful. And um, I guess as well as another benefit of winning the awards is a, a lot more people finding you now, because what I've been reflecting on as we've been speaking, as you mentioned, that there weren't, there wasn't any underwear or lingerie brands um, that was allergy free in the first place. So now you've got an allergy free brand. I guess there's also some education of customers that actually you can, you know, perhaps some of your skin issues might be due to the underwear you're wearing. And even if not, for things like menopause, as you were saying, choosing different mm-hmm. underwear can help you with symptoms. Um, so how have you been getting that message out? Because I think it's always hard when you're the first to do something because you're almost leading the way with speaking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think uh, the message that you have to, you're trying to give out has to be precise. Yeah, you can't include everything in your brand you have to find the unique selling points of your brand and the values behind your brand or what values that you can offer to your customer and emphasize that one particular value uh, many many times on on your public speaking on your websites on your blogs or on your social media yeah yeah, that makes sense. And I think you've done a great job of that. Because when I look at your website, you know, I get a real sense of who your lingerie is for. Well, I know it's for everyone, but um, I think you do a great job of explaining the benefits. Yeah, thank you. And I've got another question, so if you don't mind, about the, um, you mentioned that your lingerie is certified allergy-free. So is that a process you need to go through in order to have that certification? Was there something you, you had to do? Yeah, uh First of all, we have to take the products to a laboratory for testing. So we have a laboratory testing uh, to say that there's no harsh chemicals fine in the report. And, and then you have to um, 
kind of um, prove, give evidence to prove your claims uh, to apply for these certifications. I guess the process is the same uh, for other certifications as well. That makes sense. And does the um, having this certification, and sorry to ask so many questions, but I'm genuinely so interested. <laughs> does, does it kind of impact anything about your product? So for example, um, because of the chemical aspect, are there only, this might be a really stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, <laughs> just in case anyone else thinks it. Like, are there a certain only certain lingerie colors you're able to do because of obviously the chemicals involved in dyeing processes or um, do you tend to steer away from that anyway how does that what I'm trying to ask is does um, being certified allergy free does it impact at all on the designs and what you're able to do with your lingerie if that makes sense yes it's actually um, kind of limit what we can do like you said we can't use like for example synthetic lasers we have to use cotton laces. We have to use cotton threads, and we can't. We just can't do like um. We can't do some designs that we really want, and because we have to use a certain type of material and avoid using some other materials so that is limitation when you create the allergy friendly collections but i think we manage it quite well to maintain uh, the comfortability of the collection and the um and also make it beautiful and elegant not just like boring plain collections yeah i agree i think your underwear is really pretty um and i would say that looking at it and not knowing the background, you wouldn't necessarily say this is allergy free or this is different from any other laundry brand in terms of, you know, the aesthetic. It looks really pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And I guess in some ways as well, it's nice to have those parameters, if you know, to know what you can and can't um, do and include. I guess that does that help with the design process in some ways because um, it's very clear. I wouldn't say it helps or not helping. It's just the direction that your designs have to go. It's like there's kind of like a limitation around what you can design, what you can't, or what materials you can use and what things that you can't use. So yeah, that makes that makes sense. I guess it is what it is. <laughs> it's one of those things. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for everything you shared, Tiffany. I have one final question, if that's okay, mm-hmm. which is what would your number one piece of advice be for other product creators? Uh, my number p- one piece of advice is to listen to your customer. I think it is very tempting to design the product that you think is the best, but without testing it with <clears throat> in the market. So I think it's uh, always helpful to design the collections and listen what customer says before you get like um, you get a big inventory or before you buy a lot from the supplier. So make sure you start small and then listen to what the customer says. I'm sure after you listen to your customer feedback, you'll find there's so many upgrades that you want to do with your products. So make sure you do all this like um, 
uh, all this product feedback loop before you ordering in bulk from the supplier. That makes loads of sense. Thank you. Because I think it can be really tempting, particularly if you've came up with the idea, or I guess in your case, you came with the idea to help your mom. It mm-hmm. can be really easy to have a really narrow focus and just think of what you like or what the person you're creating the product for mm-hmm. would like. Um, and forgetting that actually this needs to, for it to be a business, it needs to work and appeal to much right, wider range of people. Yeah, exactly. It's just make sure that the product you design not only you like about it or your friends or family like about it make sure that your customer the people who actually buying it likes it that's brilliant advice thank you so much you're welcome thank you so much for inviting me i'm happy to share my story and i hope uh, yeah uh, you find it helpful it's it's been fascinating thank you so much i really enjoyed this thank you you're welcome Thank you so much for listening right to the end of this episode. Do remember that you can get the full back catalogue and lots of free resources on my website, vickyweinberg.com. Please do remember to rate and review this episode if you've enjoyed it and also share it with a friend who you think might find it useful. Thank you again and see you next week. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.